are listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Meet and Write Podcast. We're really excited to have with us Father Paul Fanus, who I actually just ran into here at the Antiochian House of Studies here as we are in seminary this week. So uh, we're excited to be recording live here in Pennsylvania. Uh, so Father Paul is a priest at St. Abram Coptic Orthodox Church in Sydney, Australia. So we're really happy to have you here with us, Abuna, and uh, thank you for your time for uh, recording this with us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It a, it's a gift. So Abuna, we wanted to pick your brain on the liturgy. Uh, obviously, this is the essence of the podcast. We kind of look at liturgy as being just this thing we go to every Sunday, and we see it as being very static. Same prayers, say, hey, Lord, Lord, have mercy 10,000 times, you know, kneel down, do a prostration here, do a sign cross there. And we just kind of go through it, get communion, and then we, we jet out of church. And that's just kind of what we do every seven days, and we just go through that. But as we kind of discussed before we started recording, the reality of, of the liturgy, that it's not static, even though it looks like that from the outside, but in reality, it's dynamic. So if you could elaborate on that of one of, of how, the, how the liturgy really is, just not static, but it's something living and something dynamic. Yeah, I mean, it's a, re- a really good uh, question and thought that that uh, this idea that we think the, the church is static and not the church, but the things we do within the church are also static. And I don't think there's anyone growing up in the church or even attending the church regularly doesn't have this challenge of, of trying to make the church alive for them and not being in this bored state every time they attend liturgy or any service. Uh, we all, we've all suffered from it, you know, um, uh, you know, in, in your mind goes into a, th- a million different places during the liturgy. I'll never forget, um, I used to stand at a certain place at the front of my church uh, growing up and I could I memorized the pattern around the icons because that's just where my mind was. Yeah. I could, I could re- reconfigure the whole thing in my mind at night time. That's how, that's how where my mind was during liturgy. So it's, it, it's something that we need to develop, yeah. you know, to our understanding of. But really, the church is not static and has never been. If you look at the history of the development of the liturgy, for example, how it developed through the early church, you'll discover that the church was actually very dynamic in its approach and how it dealt with it to meet the needs of the people mm. uh, and how it developed over a, a period of time. So they, w- they would meet daily at the beginning to, to break bread and they would just have meals. They wouldn't have bread and wine they would have actual meals yeah and then break bread at the end of the meal mm. and then for practical reasons they said well let, how about we do it once a week because we can't get together every day um and they would pick a certain place to have the liturgy and then over time and that would be only practiced by bishops mm. and priests wouldn't pray liturgy and then eventually over time for the needs of the people they would have the priests also praying liturgy for the sake of the people mm. uh, they would send people out with communion for those who are sick so the church is always adapting to the needs. So the church never remains static for mm-hmm. the needs of the people. Over time, they develop many different liturgies to suit people. And then in recent history, we broke it down to just three liturgies that we use for the sake, again, of the people so that people could have consistency wherever they pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you discover that the church is really, really dynamic. It doesn't leave things to chance or to become boring or to become... Uh, useless for the needs of the people always yeah. it's developing that uh, even in the liturgy that we pray today if you really concentrate on what we're doing within the liturgy it's very dynamic we use every part of the body during the liturgy 
we physically bow down consistently we physically taste bread and wine mm. we smell the incense we see the icons we hear music and different tunes throughout liturgy different tunes of different types of liturgies um different words even we use different languages coptic arabic mm. english you know so it's very dynamic for th- for the sake of the people yeah uh, so really I- it's a very dynamic thing in its practice mm. even in its practice and as a living organism the church is adapting always to the people yeah i mean that's a good point of point out we kind of see that in even the text of the liturgy is that you know everything like you mentioned you know kind of evolved for the sake of the people in order to aid the people to feel engaged and to have this intimate bond with our savior at the eucharistic table but for me as as, as an individual when i come now and to kind of break that mentality out of routine how can i how can my spirit how can any part of myself be dynamic in order to benefit from this dynamic celebration of the liturgy you're 100% right I mean yes the church is dynamic and therefore I have the chance to benefit from liturgy but unless I myself am dynamic in my own spiritual life I'll benefit nothing Mm. and it's not just the liturgy it's in every part of my spiritual life Um, you know a story comes to mind is St. Peshoi you know you imagine St. Peshoi in his cell when he wanted to pray and he had it in his head I want to pray all night he's got this idea Uh, How does he affect that? He stands and prays, but he finds he falls asleep when he prays. Or he'll sit and pray initially, Mm. falls asleep, kneel, falls asleep, stand, falls asleep. Mm. So what does he do? He puts a rope at the top of his cell and he ties up his hair. So every time he sleeps, he wakes up. Mm. And then, this is my imagination, but it could be that probably he started to fall asleep with his hair being tied up. So he'd probably tie up his beard because yeah. you're not going to sleep with your head facing up ways. Yeah. You know? So just the idea that, and, and you know, I've seen the cell where the, 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 the rope is hanging. Yeah. And it's just um, uh, in like a model of, of dynam- dynamism, you know, mm. being able to change for the sake of my spiritual life. Mm. The same with every form of my prayer life. Prayer life, when it becomes static and stagnant, it dies Mm. but if i'm constantly mixing things up the time of day that i pray the style of prayer that i use the different psalms that i use there's an underlying principle i need to pray there's an underlying principle that i use the psalms but how and when and in what capacity i use them Mm. is dynamic Mm. and it should always be and the same with the liturgy the liturgy yes at this stage in history it's uh, structured and it's the same Um, but again it has very dynamic elements within it and how i approach it can change yeah so uh, for example i can choose to learn the hymns or i can choose not to learn the hymns it's a choice i can sing along or i can actually learn some hymns yeah i can choose to use the book or not use the book i can choose to stand at the front or i can choose to stand at the back i can choose to close my eyes i can choose to open my eyes Mm. i can choose to to kneel i can choose not to kneel i can choose when the church says to me pray for the the clergy pray for the sick pray i can choose to pray for these people during that period of the mass Mm. you know all these things you can learn uh you can adapt to them or you can sit and stagnate Mm. so it's very important i can choose to attend more masses during the week to learn more about it yeah to serve in the altar maybe my church is very big and i don't get a chance to serve in the altar but if i come to a midweek or an early mass then I might get a chance to serve in the altar and then get to see the richness of what happens in the altar. Mm. Right, I can even choose to read the readings in advance 
So I can gain so more from Liturgy about. of the Word. Exactly. Or when the, the priest is doing the sermon mm. to engage in, I can choose when I hear the sermon to actually insist upon taking a message and acting upon it, mm. even if it's the most boring sermon in the world. You know, the sermon, I think sometimes the sermon for people is a show. And again, it's a boring, static part of the liturgy. Uh, yeah, the poor priest has to has to suffer through this 10-minute show every Sunday. And people sometimes, yeah, well, wonderful sermon. Or that was boring. That was yeah. rubbish. Or it's but a time for us to sit down as well. Or to just relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the commemoration. My friends always used to muck <laughs> around that. Every time the commemoration comes up, we sit down, get a drink out, talk to my friends. And when commemoration's finished, we can stand up. Yeah, again. exactly. Um, or you can actually commemorate the saints. Yeah. And the sermon I can have in my mind that I'm going to walk away with something practical from this, mm. regardless of what's being said. You know, and that's dynamic. Yeah. That's me changing every time I attend the liturgy and it makes it alive for me. Mm. Or it can be the most boring thing in the world, depending on who's talking, then mm. I learn. Mm. Depending on which Bible is being read, depending on which priest is singing, is the voice good or bad? You know, I think it's, it's very important that my uh, approach is what's important. Mm. Um, I think, and again, that's the same for, for every part of the spiritual life. That if I'm dynamic and I'm working on myself in the path, then everything will be alive to me. Mm. But if uh, I'm not working on myself, I'm not trying to change myself, I'm not willing to adapt to my own problems. You know, th the problem is we stagnate as humans. We, we don't progress. Yeah. Uh, and it's disease sometimes of us as humans that we have to recognize and start adapt adapting and changing and, and modifying the way I do things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, an example of, of this that comes to mind is like something that helped me a lot is not to look at the whole liturgy and say, man, I, like, I, I want to understand it, but it's overwhelming. But just say, you know what, this Sunday, I'm just going to meditate or focus on this part. I'm going to meditate on how we begin the liturgy of the faithful by saying, oh God, the great, the eternal. And then this God is the one that comes inside of me. And I meditate on one part at a time instead of, you know, trying to say like, this is overwhelming. I can't understand everything. What's all this? And just say, forget about it. Let me just kind of just passively sit there as if it's a movie, but kind of just focusing on one thing or meditating on one thing at a time. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and the, the, the liturgy is rich with different messages throughout the whole thing. You know, you, you'll find, and I've discovered this since priesthood more than, than ever before, was that say I do a sermon on thank, giving thanks to God. I'll discover that there is a portion of the liturgy mm. that talks about that. In fact, the whole liturgy is supposed to be thanksgiving. And you can really contemplate on that. Yeah. Or the sermon can be on love and there'll be something there about love or something about sacrifice. Um, and there'll be something in the liturgy about that mm. specifically. You know, talking. And almost never I find that I do a sermon and there's not something in the liturgy that's not commenting expressly about that. Yeah. And it's something to dwell on, to think about. Yeah. Um, even, you know, uh, the same technique, for example, in Passion Week, you know, we sing Thok Te Gom about six million times mm. uh, to the point where you're just like, oh, I can't hear another Thok Te Gom. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot myself. If yeah. But, you know, I, I, I find that one of the, the nice ways of dealing with it, exactly as you mentioned, that the idea that I'll pick to you is the power or even just to you instead mm. of focusing on myself for the Passion Week, which we always do. Yeah. How about I focus on Christ for a little bit mm. or focus on his power or his authority or his immortal yet death. Yeah. You know, um, the glory of, of God and, and Emmanuel, my Savior. Mm. So all these all these different things that you can dwell on and you can focus on them for periods that will that, that makes it dynamic for you, makes it open and alive, as opposed to just this this monotonous um, process of events that I have to go through just because I'm too guilty to not go through it. Yeah. And it's the same thing like when someone's dating for marriage. You don't walk into a date and saying, I need to know everything about this person right now. 
but it's one date at a time, one date at a time, you get to know more of that person and building that relationship. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with us. When we come to meet our bride at, at the table, that we are taking one baby step at a time every time we come to celebrate the liturgy to get to know more of him and build this intimate bond. Exactly. And, and if you want to benefit any, anyone who's been married or even been in a long-term relationship knows the effort required to keep that relationship alive is a lot of effort. I need yeah. to be dynamic. I need to be willing to go outside my comfort zone. Yeah. So the problem is sometimes we stick inside my comfort zone in mm. everything in life. Mm. And I need to go beyond my comfort zone to really appreciate it. Mm. For example, I, I always say one of the best places to find God is in the early mass. When, when If your church prays one of those early liturgies, there's nothing more torturous on this planet than to wake up early for liturgy. It's really tough. Yeah. Uh, and you never get used to it. I guarantee you, I, I do it every week and I will never get used to it. Yeah. But but that idea of going outside my comfort zone to come and meet my creator, to come and meet the Lord, uh, gives me a chance. It opens it opens up a, a gateway mm. that I might not get any other time that I come and pray. So mm. it's a chance. Why waste it? If my church is offering that service, mm. I should use it. Mm. So that, that idea of just coming outside my comfort zone, for even sometimes learning the hymns, they're very tough, especially if I'm not musical-minded. Uh, they can be tough to learn, to listen to it over and over again, to, to get the tune in my head. But if you do it, then you'll never not appreciate that hymn. Yeah. You know, that's why the deacons love liturgy more than often other people because they're partaking and they're singing and they're, uh, they're a part of the process. And so that coming outside my comfort zone to learn the hymns, Again, it's, it's, it's sometimes it can be a bit torturous. Yeah. Some people who are very musical-minded, it's easy, but a lot of other people, it's not. Yeah. But if I take that, that initiative, then it becomes alive to me. Yeah. You know, one of my friends used, used to say when we, um, when we started to learn some hymns, he said, you know, we've heard these hymns all our lives, and it's like watching TV in analog. Yeah. Now that we know the hymn, it's like watching it in HD. Yeah. You know, I, I, I now know when they're going to change the syllable and which word they're going to switch to. And, 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 and you never, ever don't appreciate that hymn. Yeah, that, that's a great analogy. And, and, you know, I like what you're, you're, you're mentioning, Abuna, is that all of this is a choice. Like, we have a choice of how I'm going to go to church this Sunday. Is it just for me to hang out, see my friends, and, and, and just because that's what mom and dad told me? Or I have a choice of, am I going to take one step closer to my Heavenly Father or not? And like you mentioned, all those examples, those are all baby steps that I can take to get to know who my Heavenly Father is. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that, Abuna. Mm. Um, thank you so much, Abuna, for your time my for doing pleasure. this. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time out to listen to me. No, thank you, Abuna. God bless. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out CoptichHymnsInEnglish.com.